Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Welcome, creeps. So this is Creeps in the Crypt. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Uh, we are in the new studio, officially, starting right now. It's awesome. I love it. I'm I, dead. I fucking love it. it There's took so it. much room for activities. I know. There is. There's so much room for it. I don't have it 100% set up, but... We'll get I, there. We're getting there. We'll get there. We got this. We got a official podcast room mascot. A big animatronic zombie <laughs> that I built. Um, so yeah, and we have a furry mascot too. Yeah, I somehow in this move I adopted a, a black kitty cat because the we're black, black kitty cat adopted y'all. Yeah, know? that's that's really how it is. He we're, walked in, he's like, "You're my people now." Mm-hmm. We're gluttons for pain. Yep, that's exactly what it is. As he lays in my lap, <laughs> took, took a cat off the streets. No clue if he was litter box trained or anything. I was just like, mm, "That's a black cat, and it's around Halloween." I don't need to, I didn't do anything terrible to him. So we we have a we have a Salem now. He's purring and sleeping in my lap. As long as he doesn't bump the mic, we're good. I might not ever leave. He he loves people. I know. He loves people. He's a good boy. So for November, we're gonna get back into a little bit of true crime mm-hmm. and bring you a November to dismember. I, I love it. I'm so excited. And this one takes place down under. Down under. Down under. I'm so sorry. That was so bad. Is there a dingo involved and a baby getting eaten? No, but there is arts and crafts that would make Ed Gein blush. (gasps) I'm already excited. So this week we're going to do Australia's, they call her Hannibal Lecter. I I prefer to say she's more like Australia's female leather face. So I can't wait. Without further ado, let's get into Catherine Knight. So Catherine Knight is not a household name. In fact, many Australians have never heard of her. That's because most of the journalists assigned to covering the gruesome case came to the conclusion that Catherine's crime was so shocking, nobody could stomach the gory details. Ha <laughs> ha. They thought. It became the story the newspapers couldn't publish, and the broadcast media kept it off there. How rude. Right? So the cops that, like, discovered the crime scene of what she did 
to John Price, yeah. the, the boyfriend of hers that she killed. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. Um, we wouldn't be we she wouldn't we wouldn't be talking about her if she didn't kill anybody. Yeah. No, she was she was a great homemaker. Loved macrame <laughs> with human skin. Um, <laughs> but the police that discovered the crime scene, many of them like either quit being cops or the hard more hardened ones just quit eating meat for a couple months because they couldn't stomach uh, what they discovered. Oh my god. What a sick lady. I'm very excited to hear this. So <laughs> there, there's definitely like, there's definitely some Ed Gein mixed with Black Widow, Black Widow, yep. and I would say maybe a little bit of uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. <gasps> yeah, yeah. I felt, I felt my heart skip a beat there for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got so excited there for a second. I'm not sure if that's cat piss on the floor or you're. I don't have my chair towel. A- Sorry. I got-, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got so excited. I need more wine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Catherine Knight loved sex and slaughter. I can relate. Same girl. Yeah, I can relate. All of Kathy's previous partners said her horrific temper violence and jealousy issues were worth putting up for as she was so good in bed the fuck did she do like can she like write a book like what did she do to them many of the people like in her town described her as like a root rat which is a what a root rat it was a root rat so a slang term in australia down under for fucking is uh rooting no they're they're back rooting 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 so she's a root rat. Like a nympho. Yeah, yeah. She she likes to fuck. <laughs> Thank you, Eric, for putting it so, so eloquently. Elo- Stop it. Get the hell out of my head. So on top of being so good in bed, she was a good cook. <laughs> a skill that would later be put to use in the most horrifying way. Yep. <laughs> That's the one way to let me put it this way. Gordon Ramsay would skewer her for this one. He would what? Skewer her. Skewer. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to be explored in Catherine's life up until she murdered her boyfriend, John Price. To this day, it is one of the most shocking crimes that has ever happened in Australia. Maybe even the world. If there is one lesson to be learned from the death of John Bryce, it's that you should never trust a hot-tempered woman whose prized possession is a set of butcher knives. <laughs> I do have a nice set of knives, though. Do you keep them hanging above your bed? No, they're on top of my fridge, so my child can't get them. Well, that's, that's a safe option. We also have a meat cleaver. Actually, I don't know where that is. That's scary. Well, I know what you're looking for when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know she doesn't have it, so. Well, there you go. But I, I would like to know where that is. <clears throat> so, Catherine Knight was born and raised in an unconventional and dysfunctional family environment. That's I mean, just, an understatement. Yeah, go right? ahead. You're setting the setting for, like, the perfect storm. Literally, it's brewing. Oh, it's brewing. Insert thunder sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Her mother, Barbara Rugen, nay Thorley, 
had been married to Jack Rogan. Rogan? Mm-hmm. Okay. And lived with him in the small town of Aberdeen in New South Wales. Barbara and Jack had four sons before Barbara began an adulterous relationship with Ken Knight, a friend and co-worker of her husband. The Rogan and Knight families were well known in the conservative rural town, and the affair caused a major scandal. Did you hear about Jack's wife? Ken threw his shrimp on her, Bobby. Oh, my God. I got it from my mama. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Local backlash forced Barbara and Ken to leave Aberdeen and move to Maury. None of her four sons went with her. The two older boys continued to reside with their father, while the two younger sons were sent to be raised by an aunt in Sydney. Barbara had four additional children with Ken, including twin girls born in 1955 in Tenterfield. Catherine Knight was the younger of these twin daughters. In 1959, when Knight was four, Jack Rugen died, and his two boys, who had been living with him, moved in with Barbara, their mother, and Ken. So there's eight kids living in this fucking house. Dude. No, thank you. Not today, Satan. Like this, we're not talking like the 1800s where, you know. It was acceptable. A to couple have- of them died from the rickets. <laughs> you got to bury them out back because they died from dysentery. Yeah, it's not, it's not like that. <laughs> didn't, it's not like they needed farm hands. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Free labor. Knight's father was an alcoholic who openly used violence and intimidation to rape his wife, Barbara, up to 10 times a day. Damn, homie going in. Yeah, this doesn't get any better, folks. Yeah, no, uh, no. Mm -mm. This is, it's just downhill from here. Barbara, in turn, often told her daughters intimate details of her sex life and how much she hated sex and men. Well, she was getting raped 10 times a day. Do you That's really blame her? Insane. What? Did he go to work? Like, how do you? I can't. His work e- was laying pipe. Was he an oil driller? Offshore drilling. <laughs> Later, when Knight complained to her mother that one of her partners wanted her to take part in a sex act she did not want to perform, Barbara told her to, quote, Put up with it and stop complaining. That's healthy quote. parenting. Right? Like, just deal with it. I don't know. N- what? Get over it, kind. <laughs> That's a term of endearment down there. I know. Ah, I can't stand that word. Uh, you hear it all the time down there. And in uh, England, too, mm-hmm. isn't it? No, thanks. Knight claims that she was frequently sexually assaulted by several members of her family, though not by her father. So I guess the older half brothers, I guess that's something. But that was like never like really proven. That's just like her claims, because what she what she discovered with Catherine Knight is she's like textbook narcissist. Mm -hmm. Um, It's nothing's her fault. Everything's somebody else's fault. And if it is her fault, they deserved it. I see no problems with this. I'm me. (laughs) 
So this continued until she was 11. Although there are some doubts about the details, psychiatrists accept her claims and the events have been largely confirmed by members of her family. When she attended high school, Knight became a loner and is remembered by classmates as a bully who stood over small children. She was already notorious for the screaming, bloody schoolyard scrapes she had with her sister. She assaulted at least one boy at school with a weapon and was once injured by a teacher who was subsequently found to have acted in self-defense. By contrast, when not in a rage, Knight was a model student and often earned awards for her good behavior. Upon leaving school at 15, without having learned to read or write, she gained employment as a cutter in a clothing factory. Ah, uh, I'm sure those knife skills she won't use any time later. No, no, not, not Catherine Knight. What are you talking about? This is a wholesome podcast. Yeah. This is a relationship podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> she idolized her dad, and all she ever wanted in life was to work in the local slaughterhouse like him. Oh, big dreams. Idolizing your parents. That's wholesome. See? That's wholesome. This is a wholesome podcast. Wholesome. I told you. I don't know. A wholesome amount of murder. <laughs> um, a whole lot. A whole lot of murder. Mm-hmm. Twelve months later, she left to start what she referred to as her dream job. Red flag. Right? Red flag. Flag on the play. Cutting up the entrails and internal organs of animals at the local slaughterhouse. There, she was quickly promoted to, to boning mm. and <laughs> was giving her own set of butcher's knives. And the thing about these knives, she fucking loved these knives. She cherished them. I wouldn't say, I would say she probably even gave them names. I mean, you, you, if you love it, name it. Yeah. That is true. Mm-hmm. Like I named the zombie. Yes. He already had a name. Yeah. Sam. Mm. I named my plants. At home, the knives were hung over her bed so that they, quote, would always be handy if I needed them, end quote. The look on my face right now. Well, I mean, if someone broke in, all she had to do was reach above. You never She's know. She's a town you asshole. Never... So that doesn't mean no one's going to break into her house? People would know better. You never woken up I mean, at 4 a.m. and felt like you needed to butcher something? Maybe Have that's you? just women. No. Well, no. I don't know. Possibly. No comment. Sleeping in the guest room tonight. <laughs> you going to your three broomsticks, bed and breakfast? Mm -hmm. Still my pillow again. I'm going to turn my own version of the Catherine Knight. That's some fighting actions right there. Well, at least you'll have curtains. I will. <laughs> I'm going to use your whole back. Taking a page out of Catherine's book, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> no, you don't. So, keeping her knives above her bed was a habit she continued, until her incarceration, of course, everywhere she lived. At the slaughterhouse in Aberdeen, she was the only warm woman working on the line, 
and she disturbed her hardened colleagues with her, quote, malevolent pleasure in death. Yeah, she loved the slaughterhouse. Loved it. Like, that was her element. Cool. I like this. Yeah. Mm. This is interesting. (laughs) She's an interesting lady. Yeah, she is not the model citizen. Let's just put it this way. What are you talking about? She's a stand-up citizen. She works. She works. She's a hell of a lot better than damn homeless people that stand out of the corner. She's trying to work. She can protect herself. She can. She can protect herself. She Mm -hmm. is self-motivated. Mm-hmm. She is not afraid okay, to. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> and we'll we'll figure out more about this. What I'm talking about. They, I can't believe you two are defending this woman. <laughs> I you, admire her. This is, a, this is literally a fucking reason. We're on the same side of the table now. <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they would recall that she would nick arteries to watch animals bleed to death. Or torture them as she slaughtered them. She appeared to be electrified by their suffering and got a real thrill from it. See, there I will disagree with her on that with the animal slaughtering. Yeah, I don't like If it that. was like people, I wouldn't care. She li- Her Fancy. favorite room to work in was the awful room. The awful room? The awful room. Yeah. Her favorite room to work in was called the awful room. What happened in the awful room? I don't know if I want to know that. It's, it's where they processed all like... The, the intestines and the nasty... Oh, God, like, the smell. Yeah. Mm. Well, she was an awful woman, so... Yeah. The fact that she wanted to be in the awful room. Oh, awful. three minutes what ago, you, you bitches were singing her fucking praises. What's that one song where it's like, evil woman instead of that awful woman? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm just saying, she can protect herself. I, I, I'm at a loss for words, Sam. I mean... Gotta keep bandy. I'd be too afraid those fucking knives would fall. No. Nah. Maybe that's like the thrill of it. Like when like the cleaver falls in the middle of the night and misses you. She's oh like, God. I get to live another day. <laughs> Who needs coffee in the morning when you got a butcher knife that falls from the ceiling? It's a good alarm <laughs> clock. <laughs> or not. I fucking can't with you. <laughs> she would watch animals being slaughtered during her lunch breaks. And was feared as much as she was respected for her her boning skills. She would dismember up to 600 animals per day. At home, she watched violent movies and horror films like it was pornography. Just flicking the bean to slasher flicks. Like Jason? Like yeah. what? Probably worse than that. <laughs> Just Freddy like Krueger. in like indie horror films. Oh no! No, I'd say it's like to The Exorcist or some shit. But I, I love The Exorcist. I so love did that Jeffrey movie. Dahmer. Well, he loved The Exorcist, I think two. The Heretic. Yeah, I think he liked that one's not a bad one. Two or three. I can't remember which one was Dahmer's favorite, but he would like every time. You know what? This isn't a Dahmer episode. Let's keep going. <laughs> Catherine first met. Hard drinking coworker David Stanford Kellett in 1973 and completely dominated him. She basically was like the reverse of a caveman. 
the old caveman joke where they grab a woman by the hair and drag them back to the the cave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what Catherine Knight did to David. Yeah, because the women are the hunters and gatherers. Mm-hmm. Do you think we bring men home to like? Oh, she brought a lot of men home. Yeah, She's because we want to show off our trophy. Look what we caught. That dick. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the girls in Myrtle Beach need to relearn <clears throat> that skill. Right. <laughs> they need to do better. Do better for yourself, sis. <laughs> Sleep with butcher knives right over your head. <laughs> I'll humble you real quick. If Kellett got into a fight at the hotel, Knight would step in and back him up with her fists without fail. Like you're having your girl, your 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 girlfriend has to come to your rescue, dude. David was like a short dude. Catherine Knight loved men that were smaller than her because she could dominate them. She was a bully. How big was she? She was six one. Holy shit! Yeah, she's not like. Small. No, she was like taller than me. I'm only five foot eight. David was like, in the photo, he looks about five eight. He's short. Yeah, like in their wedding photo, he's he's a short dude. What do you do? Pick pick him up. He was hammered. I am five three. I would like she all all she had to do. She was a she was a big strapping young gal. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> but when she like when she met him uh she should already been pregnant with a kid on the way like that's that culture is that yeah like it was time for her to settle down so she found a guy she At could 19. easily yeah easily manipulate and start churning out babies oh no, thank you i turned out one i'm done Mm-mm. that lifestyle is not meant for me in Aberdeen, she was renowned for offering armed combat to anyone who upset her. No, thank you. I'm gonna pass. I won't. I won't even like breathe her direction. What did she do? Fucking trench bowl through them? <laughs> just pick them up by their fucking pigtails, by their ponytail, and just toss them across the room in the slaughterhouse. She's like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Seriously, like she's a beast. I believe once a psychiatrist described her as having a primal intellect. Like she does that mean she she, she did like I, like we said earlier. I mean, her she didn't two forms school. of communication were fucking and fighting. All right. So yeah. Knight married Kellett in 1974 at her request, with the couple arriving at the service on her motorcycle. With a very intoxicated Kellett on the pillion. It's a little like sidecar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he rode in a sidecar. <laughs> as soon as they arrived, Knight's mother, Barbara, gave Kellett some advice. <clears throat> and I quote, The old girl said to me to watch out. You better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing up on her. She'll fucking kill you. She'll fucking kill you, mate. (laughs) And that was her mother talking. Mm. She told me she's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. End quote. 
Kathy was a crazed sex addict, and on her wedding night to David Kellett, she insisted the marriage was consummated at least five times. Shit, I could barely do one. Barely? I was very sick. Oh, that's true. I was very, very sick. <laughs> it was enough to see through the one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, was a chore. it was a chore at that point. Oh. <laughs> so they, she insisted that the marriage be consummated at least five times so that it matched how many times her mom and dad had sex on their wedding night. She was obsessed with that. Like that is so me odd. Mom and, me mom and dad had it five times. Me mom and dad had it five times. Probably because she heard her mom say that we had it five times. Yeah, well, her mom was like very open about that shit. No thanks. When David couldn't keep up with her demands, she tried to strangle him. Day one, not, hours into their marriage. Not a good tone setter. No, not at all. She's going to try to play with that strangle play. I mean, Before her strangle mom. strangle play was like even in there. <laughs> you ever tried to come when you're being choked? <laughs> I mean, her mom did warn him. You like tantric sex? Oh, my God. <laughs> the marriage was particularly violent. And on one occasion, a heavily pregnant knight burned all Kellett's clothing and shoes before hitting him across the back of the head with a frying pan. Yeah, so this story is fucking nuts because he'd just gone out to the bar for like a couple drinks with his mates and came home a couple minutes late. Mm-hmm. From, he was, her, he, from a dark game. Yeah. So he was just a few, I would, I would say probably like maybe 30 minutes late. And she had already torched all of his clothes and then beat the shit out of him with it. Like, cracked his fucking skull with a frying pan. Jesus. In fear for his life, Kellett fled before collapsing in a neighbor's house, and he was later treated for a badly fractured skull. Police wanted to charge her, but Knight was now on her best behavior and talked Kellett into dropping the charges. He's, she's like, you know what I can do to you. And he was like, I know what you can do to me. You're fucking scary, Kathy. Well, he should have listened to her mom. She literally said, don't piss her off. She'll fucking kill you. She's and what crazy. did he do? She He pissed her off. I mean, when the dark game's running late, you know. I'll at least give you, like, a while furlough. Like, mm -hmm. an hour. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, where the hell are you? But not a couple of minutes. I'm not burning shit out in the front yard. <laughs> You're not home in three minutes of torching your fucking shoes. <laughs> oh my god. This shoe. I'm five minutes away. Uh -huh. <laughs> Burn the work shoes first. <laughs> in May of 1976, shortly after the birth of their first child, Melissa Ann. Kellett left her for another woman and moved to Queensland, apparently unable to cope with Knight's possessive, violent behavior. The next day, Knight was seen pushing her new baby in a pram down the main street, violently throwing the pram from side to side. 
Knight was admitted to St. Elmo's Hospital in Tamworth, where she was diagnosed with postnatal depression and spent several weeks recovering. I mean, what would... <laughs> the fact that she's throwing her fucking child around in a stroller mm-hmm. all over town is just fucking crazy. Like, how she didn't get locked up for child endangerment or some other charge... But you see this time and time again with these stories. These people just, it's lazy police work. They just, mm-hmm. it's like they don't want to fucking do the paperwork. So they're just Tell like, me ah, fuck about it. it. After being released, Knight placed two-month-old Melissa on a railway line shortly before the train was due, then stole an axe, went into town, and threatened to kill several people. A man known in the district as Old Ted who was foraging near the railway line, found and rescued Melissa by all accounts only minutes before the train passed. Knight was arrested and again taken to St. Elmo's Hospital, but apparently recovered, signed herself out the following day. She basically had like one of those stamp cards for when you're a returning customer. <laughs> Do you get a free a sandwich? Card. To get like a free stay. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically to get a free stay. Uh, Oh, after your fifth stay at St. Elmo's, your sixth was free. <laughs> this is definitely the best Western. Yeah. And guess what? We'll even put you in the padded room for free. Yeah, she gets a free paper suit. <laughs> oh. I thought uh, this were free anyway. You, yeah. can, you can take the socks home as a souvenir. <gasps> the little ones with this little padding. Uh-huh. I got those when I was in labor. Not labor. I was when I was in the hospital. They give them that. Was it a psychotic break? <laughs> Getting pregnant is always a psychotic break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine were purple. I think. Purple or blue, I can't remember. I don't know. I don't either. I blot that out. <laughs> a few days later, Knight slashed the face of a woman with one of her knives and demanded she drive her to Queensland to find Kellett. The woman escaped after they stopped at a service station, but by the time the police arrived, Knight had taken a little boy hostage and was threatening him with the knife. She was disarmed when police attacked her with brooms, and she was admitted to the Morissette Psychiatric Hospital. Get out of here, witch! Get out of here! Take your broom and fly home! That's like smacking a bird out of your house or something. You're like, get on out of here, crazy! Get on. Could you imagine? I want to see the scene of them like beating the shit out of her with brooms. Yes. Policemen. Like a bird that gets in your fucking house. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) Just get out of here. Yeah. So (coughs) Knight told the nurses that she had intended to kill the mechanic at the service station because he had repaired Kellett's car, which had allowed him to leave. And then kill both her husband and his mother when she arrived in Queensland. When police informed Kellett of the incident, he left his girlfriend and along with his mother, they both moved to Aberdeen to support her. Oh, dear God. Hell have no fury like a scorned woman. Hell hath no fury like Catherine Knight. Yes. Seriously. She blamed everybody. She's like, you had contact with him. You helped him escape. Yeah, the mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just fix cars. 
Like, man, I'm just trying to make an honest living. Ugh. Right. She was released on August 9th, 1976, into the care of her mother-in-law, and along with Kellett, they now moved to Woodridge, a suburb of Brisbane, where, where she obtained a job at the Dinmore Meatworks in nearby Ipswich. On March 6th, 1980, they had another daughter, Natasha Marie. In 1984, Knight left Kellett and moved in, first with her parents in Aberdeen, then to a rented house in nearby Muswellbrook. Muswellbrook? Sounds good to me. Although she returned to work at the slaughterhouse, she injured her back the following year and went on a disability pension. No longer needing to rent accommodations close to her work, the government gave her a housing commission house in Aberdeen. Knight met 38-year-old miner David Saunders in 1986. A few months later, he moved in with her and her two daughters, although he kept his old apartment in Scone. Knight soon became jealous regarding what he did when she was not around and would often throw him out. <laughs> oh my God. So this she is so like, dramatic. Yeah, she's constantly like, she's just a fucking problem. I'm sure when the people of Aberdeen saw her get locked up, they did, they were not shedding a single fucking tear. No, they were like, finally, Thank good God. lord. Ding dong, the witch is dead. How are you the hot mess of the city? Of the town? She's of like multiple the, towns. She's a town bully. Yeah. She's also their hot mess. Mm -hmm. Instead of being like the village idiot, you're the village hot mess. Everybody has one. He so David Saunders would move back to his apartment in Scone and then she would invariably follow and beg him to return home. Now, how are you gonna be hot and cold like that? I'm gonna throw you the hell out and then like two hours later, never mind. I'm baby. sorry, I miss you. Yeah. Well, we're gonna find out how she can be so hot and cold <laughs> later on in this episode. In May of 1987, she cut the throat of his two-month-old dingo pup in front of him for no more reason than as an example of what would happen if he ever had an affair before going on to knock him unconscious with a frying pan. Why is it always a frying pan? Well, she liked cutting meat, and she was good at cooking and fucking. Uh, why didn't she so she always had a frying pan. The, why didn't she hook him with the I back mean, of a knife? My best friend's mom... Hit her like his dad on the head with a frying pan. What? What is this fucking Looney Tunes? Is no, it, it's, it's the a, South. It, it's like, would you like one lump or two? <laughs> right before Bugs Bunny smacks the shit out of Elmer Fudd or mm -hmm. uh, Yosemite Sam. Mm -hmm. In June of 1988, she gave birth to her third daughter, Sarah which prompted Saunders to put a deposit on a house, which Knight paid off when her workers' compensation came through in 1989. Knight decorated the house throughout with animal skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks. That's a great place to raise Sounds like children. a damn hunting lodge. 
Yeah, I don't know if I'd raise kids there, but I'm okay with that. Animal skulls everywhere. <laughs> I could fuck with that. I mean, hell, the old podcast studio had like a bull's skull and an antelope skull in it. No space, including the ceilings, was left uncovered. So this was shit everywhere. Looks like a a cult store just vomited. <laughs> yes. Yeah. An occult store and an earthbound tradings in a uh, chef's store just all vomited Bukaki style room. Yep. No, what is it? Roman shower style on um Ugh. Ever heard of Roman showers before? No, I don't think I want to. It's a sex act. I figured. Yeah. It's where everybody just pukes on one person. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> People like that? Yeah. It's a dude on Howard Stern that does. Ew. I'm judging. Yeah, people I'm are disgusted. gross. Yeah. People are fucking gross. Yeah, they are. After an argument where she hit Saunders in the face with an iron before stabbing him in the stomach with a pair of scissors, he moved back to Scone. But when he later returned home, she he found that she had cut up all of his clothes. Saunders took long a long service leave and went into hiding. Knight tried to find him, but no one admitted to knowing where he was. That's a, that's brave. Mm-hmm. Several months later, he returned to see his daughter and found that Knight had gone to the police and told them she was afraid of him. Oh, she flipped a script. They issued her with an apprehended violence order against him. So I guess it'd be like a restraining order. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. I think it should have been the other way around. Right? If they only knew. I mean, they're Poor police work. (laughs) Same. Yeah. In 1997, Knight became pregnant by 43-year-old former abattoir co-worker John Chillingworth and gave birth the following year to a boy they named Eric. Their relationship lasted three years before she left him for a man She'd been having an affair with for some time. Like mother, like daughter. His name was John Price. Oh, shit. We got there. (laughs) We're climbing. We're up here now. John Price was the father of three children when Knight had an affair with him. Reputedly, a terrific... Oh, I was going to do it. Oh, would you like like to do it? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. can I do it? Yeah. Hold on, let me get into character. A terrific bloke. (laughs) he was liked by everyone who knew him his own marriage had ended in 1988 while his two-year-old daughter had remained with his former wife the two older children lived with him price was well aware of knight's violent reputation as she moved into his house in 1995 Yeah, because that's smart yeah like you're a raging bitch but you can move into my house anyway This is why men are the inferior sex. Because they make dumb decisions. Power of the pussy, man. If there was ever a case for that. This is a cautionary tale of the evil power of the pussy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure is. Well, if you put the pussy on a butcher block, it'll sleep with knives. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, we'll never get sponsored by butcher block now. Uh Was this something you were actually going to try to get? Or will we? Or will we? (laughs) His children liked her. 
He was making a lot of money working in the local mines. And apart from violent arguments at first, life was a bunch of roses. Oh, how that sweet. That was a direct quote. <clears throat> in 1998, they had a fight over Price's refusal to marry her. And John's rejection made her go ballistic. She cruelly told one of his daughters, who was 13 at the time, that she wasn't his and that her mom had slept around. She also refused to leave his house, claiming it was hers. She went through his belongings, found his will, and when she saw that he had left everything to his ex-wife, she demanded 10000 Australian dollars to leave. <clears throat> So in retaliation, Knight videotaped items she said he had stolen from work and sent the tape to his boss. Although the items were out-of-date medical kits that he had scavenged from the company Rubbish Tin, Price was fired from the job he had held for 17 years. Yeah, that's <clears throat> really fucked up, dude. Like, they were thrown out anyway. Yeah. Like... He wasn't hurting anybody. No, they literally had no use for him. She was just being a dumb bitch. I believe the word would uh. be cunt in American. Not the Australian word, but the American version. The American version. A real it. cunt move on Catherine Knight's part. That same day, he kicked her out and she returned to her own home while news of what she had done spread through town. A few months later, Price restarted the relationship, although he now refused to allow her to move in with him. It's the first smart thing he's done. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I believe coming back to the relationship was the dumbest thing he could have done. Well, yeah. We'll find that. We'll find out why shortly. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the fighting became even more frequent and most of his friends would no longer have anything to do with him while they remained together. In February of 2000, a series of assaults on Price culminated with Knight stabbing Price in the chest. Finally fed up, he kicked her out of his house. On February 29th, he stopped at the Scone Magistrate's Court on his way to work and took out a restraining order to keep her away from both him and his children. That afternoon, Price told his co-workers that if he did not come to work the next day, it would be because of night. They pleaded with him not to go home, but he told them that he believed she would kill his children if he didn't. And on that night, February 29th, 2000, the fiery six-foot-tall redhead snapped. It's always a ginger. <laughs> Why do they all, like, if she was blonde, they wouldn't have said anything. They would have just said six foot tall woman. Blonde bombshell. <laughs> if it's a ginger, they always Not make her. sure. Her face was, she looked like a tomato with a wig on. <laughs> like, if you look at pictures of the Catherine Knight, she looks like a fucking tomato with a wig. <laughs> so, she snaps. And it made previous incidents, including leaving her own baby on railway tracks hitting a lover in the face with a hot iron and stabbing him in the stomach with a pair of scissors as punishment for coming home from the pub late 
and kidnapping a child and teenage girl and holding them hostage at a petrol station look tame. It's about to get real. Well, you know, it is a leap year. She's doing this on leap day. Oh, shit. I didn't even realize that. So she's like, well, you see, my astrological chart was all fucked up. (laughs) Mercury was in retrograde. There's nothing I could do. You know, it might have been in retrograde. We don't know that. Price arrived home to find that night, although not there herself, had sent the children away for a sleepover at her daughter's house. He then spent the evening with his neighbors before going to bed at 11 p.m. Earlier that day, Knight had bought new black lingerie at a thrift store. Ew. (coughs) I can't. At a thrift store. And had videotaped all her children while making comments, which have since been interpreted as a crude will. She is said to have at one point pulled her breast out and had the children play with her breasts, calling them Nana's titty bops in these videos. Nana's titty bops. She's fully snapped. I'm unwell. She's unwell, Sam. You're just saying. That too. You're saying. That's why that bothers you. I don't know about that. Nana's titty bops. You want to play with Nana's titty bops? Oh, my God. Just big old blushed-faced Catherine Knight just with her saggy tits hanging out. Just she's has like five kids at this point. Yeah, I mean those she? those those milkers are hanging. They look like <laughs> they probably look like two over easy eggs nailed to a wall. Oh no, no. Too graphic. Ah. Too too graphic for the show. <laughs> you know, no, the show. that just kind of hurt a little bit. It happened. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> We literally talk about murder and mayhem on here, and that's all it took. Yeah, it's I don't I can't I can't explain it. Knight later arrived at Price's house while he was sleeping and sat watching TV for a few minutes before having a shower. She then woke Price, and they had sex after he fell asleep. At around midnight. She stabbed Price with a butcher's knife while he was sleeping. So I guess he breathed wrong. Mm. Well, I think she was just mad about not getting the house left to her. Maybe. According to the... Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Like Catherine Knight scorned. Mm. That's a new new level of hell hath no fury. Yes. According to the blood evidence... He awoke and tried to turn the light on before attempting to escape while Knight chased him through the house. With a knife. With a knife. He managed to open the front door and get outside, but either stumbled back inside or was dragged back into the hallway where he finally died after bleeding out. Price had been stabbed at least 37 times in both the front and the back of his body with many of the wounds extending into vital organs. The crime scene photos from this, there is like just inches of blood just pulled onto the floor. Ew. Like that hallway looked like something out of like a slaughterhouse. She's decorating. She's trying a new thing. Very abstract. 
<laughs> She's abstract. using a sponge. <laughs> sponge painting. <laughs> using his kidney as a sponge. Ha! <gasps> no! Well, she's gonna. Yeah, I mean that's that's on that's on brand for what's getting ready to happen. Yep. Later, Knight went into Aberdeen and withdrew one thousand dollars from Price's ATM account, which was never accounted for. Several hours after Price had died, Knight skinned him and hung his skin from a meat hook in the archway of the door into the lounge room. Then she decapitated him and cooked parts of his body, serving up the meat with baked potato, pumpkin, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy in two settings at the dinner table, along with notes beside each plate, each having the name of one of Price's children on it. She was going to feed him to the fucking kids. She was going to feed him to his children. Yes. Just, let's just let that sink in for a moment. Uh, She's literally going to feed this. It was this a feast. Of dad. The dad feast. Mm. I've heard of the game Don't Wake Daddy, but I've never heard of the game Don't Eat Daddy. Oh, God. Well, Catherine Knight made it. Yeah. What was she using? Uh, Albert I, Fish's cookbook. I, Hasbro, you're missing an opportunity right now. <laughs> It's a one-time use game. Oh, one-time use. Unless you have a dad and a stepdad, then it's oh, two times. Man. I guess that breaks the rules, though. It's not don't eat daddy, it's don't eat stepdaddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just write in step mm. after I use it the first time. Mark it out. Yeah. Y'all are terrible. <laughs> I feel <A> attacked. <laughs> A third meal was thrown on the back lawn for unknown reasons, and it's speculated that Knight had attempted to eat it, but could not. And this has been put forward in support of her claim that she has no memory of the crime. Price's head was found in a pot with vegetables. The pot was still warm, estimated to be at between 40 and 50 degrees Celsius, indicating that the cooking had taken place in the early morning. Sometime later, Knight arranged the body with the left arm draped over an empty 1.25 liter soft drink bottle with the legs crossed. This was claimed in court to be an act of defilement demonstrating Knight's contempt for, for Price. Knight had left a handwritten note on top of a photo of Price Bloodstained and covered with small pieces of flesh, the note read, quote, Time got you back, Jonathan, for raping my daughter. You to Beck, who is um, Price's daughter, for Ross, for little John, who was his son. Now, now play with little John's dick, John Price. The accusations in the note were found to be groundless. This was like a half-assed attempt to like be like, oh, I'm a mother who found out he was molesting my kid and touching his own kids, and that's why I did this. That Right. It was like this half-cocked fucking excuse that never came to play. 
So this was definitely, I mean, like, obviously, this was premeditated. 100%. But she just had to, like, she claimed she didn't remember it. Yeah. But she wrote that note. Well, she definitely went to withdraw $1,000 from his ATM account. Right? Like, you just you just slept walk to the ATM, homie? No, I don't think so. At 6 a.m. the next morning, the neighbor became concerned that Price's car was still in the driveway. And when Price did not arrive at work, his employer sent a worker to see what was wrong. Both the neighbor and worker tried knocking on Price's bedroom window to wake him. But after noticing blood on the front door, um, they alerted the police, who arrived at 8 a.m. Breaking down the back door, police found his body with night comatose from taking a large number of pills. So when the police walked in through the back door, Mm -hmm. they were like walking through and they ended up finding what they thought was just a curtain Mm -hmm. at the time. But it was his skin. It was his fucking skin. They're like, oh, that's a nice curtain. Yeah. It puts a whole new spin on the term meat curtain, for sure. Um, but, yeah, they, they, like, went to move it and noticed, like, their hand was covered in blood. They're like, oh, shit. Could you imagine just, yeah. like, moving a curtain and all of a sudden you realize it's... Why is that curtain got a nipple? No. It's- Catherine's initial offer to plead guilty to manslaughter was rejected and she was arraigned on February 2nd, 2001 on the charge of murdering Price to which she entered a plea of not guilty. Her trial was initially fixed for July 23rd, 2001 but was adjourned due to her counsel's illness and it was reset for October 15th, 2001. When the trial commenced, Justice Barry O'Keefe offered the 60 jury prospects the option of being excused due to the nature of the photographic evidence, which five of them were like, yep, see you later, bye. Yep. When the witness list was read out to the prospects, several more also dropped out, after which the jury was impaneled. Ninth attorneys then spoke to the judge, who adjourned to the following day. The next morning, Knight changed her plea to guilty, and the jury was dismissed. It was now made public that Justice O'Keefe had been advised of the plea change the day before. He had adjourned the trial and then ordered a psychiatric assessment overnight to determine if Knight understood the consequences of a, of a guilty plea and was fit to make such a plea. Knight's legal team had planned to defend Knight by claiming amnesia and dissociation, a claim supported by most psychiatrists, although they did consider her to be sane. So she just had a psychotic break, essentially. Is what they're going to try to say. Yeah. No reason has ever been given for the guilty plea. And despite giving it, Knight still refused to accept responsibility for her actions. So she basically pled like no contest then? Technically, well, she has no remorse for it. Right. She's like, he fucking deserved it. Uh, Textbook narcissist. 
Yeah, absolutely. Literally textbook narcissist. At the sentencing hearing, Knight's lawyers requested that Knight be excused to avoid hearing some of the facts, but the application was refused. When Dr. Timothy Lyons took the stand and described the skinning and decapitation, Knight became hysterical and had to be sedated. On November... That, that was definitely a fucking act. Oh, for sure. 100% an act. Like, just, whoa, just fucking wailing in court. Just, dude, come the fuck on. Didn't Rodney Alcala make a scene in court, too, whenever he was... Uh, he defended himself and like going to different characters. Oh, oh that. that's that right. Crazy. Yeah. Who was it? Who made a scene in? Oh, Richard Ramirez did, didn't he? I mean, they all do their own thing. Oh, I thought he made this, like big commotion or whatever. No. It's a big attention. I mean, thing Manson. For them. Manson had the family start like drum up a whole bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I knew that, but I thought like him himself, like. Yeah, Manson jumped the fucking table and uh, lunged at the judge. I don't remember that. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, he caused a scene. All <laughs> it was right. a little whack job. On November 8th, Justice O'Keefe pointed out that the nature of the crime and Knight's lack of remorse required a severe penalty. He sentenced her to life imprisonment, refused to fix a non-parole period, and ordered that her papers be marked, quote, Never to be released. The first time that this has happened uh, to a woman in Australian history. In June of 2006, Knight appealed the life sentence, claiming that a penalty of life in jail without the possibility of parole was too severe for the killing. I mean, yes, she did only kill one person, but it was so fucking brutal that... They had to, like, basically make sure none of the evidence ever saw the light of day. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised there's not, like, a movie about her. They don't want to talk about her. They they want to keep her as locked away from the zeitgeist as possible. Well, we're unlocking it. Yep, we're talking about it for our November to dismember. Starting off strong. Yeah, I, I was like... We got it. We got to start off strong. <laughs> so here we are coming out the gate swinging like Tiger Woods wife. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Sam. <laughs> Justices Peter McClellan, Michael Adams and Megan Latham dismissed the appeal in the New South Wales Court of Criminal Appeal in September. With Justice McClellan writing in his judgment, quote, This was an appalling crime, almost beyond contemplation in a civilized society. She End was, quote. She is literally an animal. Literally. Catherine Knight is a animal in human skin. Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys think? What a, what a way to kick off the month, right? Seriously. I know. I remember when we did this episode of, like, like the notes, and I was, like, reading them, and I was like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. And it is not disappointed. No. Not at not all. not disappointed at all. What it, a sick it's lady. A classic. Oh, she's a sick lady. And we have the hits keeping on coming. 
Oh, yeah. So. This is definitely a November to dismember. We've got a local case. I'm from, excited. From our area. Yeah. Uh, that's the 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've got the king of all family annihilators, the progenitor of family annihilators, you could say. That would be the. The almost perfect crime. Anniversary of that. This is this week. Um, is so, it? Yeah. 71. So, yeah. Hmm. So, and then we got a, a special Thanksgiving murder. Let's oh. feast. To, to end the month. So, let's just say this whole series is going to leave you hungry for gore. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> You're so punny. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, let's drop the socials. As always, thank you guys for staying with us through this move. It is nearly about killed me and Eric and not in the fun way. I uh, Not in the fun way. Not in the fun way. No. Um, so we do appreciate your listenership. That being said, if you're new here, welcome. Please make sure you guys are downloading the episodes. Make sure you guys are looking out for new episodes when we're releasing them. If you download them, it will automatically download, and it'll let you know when we have a new episode. Mm-hmm. If you see um, on any of your podcast apps, it, it asks if you're still interested in the show, click yes. That way it auto-downloads the episodes for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it'll notify you when you get when we release new ones. Yeah. We're getting ready to get into holiday season, people. You can be, people are going to be traveling. You need something to listen to when you're in the car. Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, really want to be stuck ta- playing fucking... Guess the license plate <laughs> on your on your travels. No, listen to some gory cr- true crime. Why you ride the car? Why you ride in the car with me, Ma? Tune yeah. out your family. Yeah. Yep. Um, make sure you guys are following us on the Facebook, the Instagram, all the socials. Sam, all of them. Sam with the TikTok. Sam with TikTok. Yes. <clears throat> Twitter. Twitter. Yes. Creeps in the crypt. No I, just an N. Yeah. Um, and then creeps in the crypt on Instagram with underscores between each word. Yeah. And so. then TikTok is creeps I in the crypt. Yep. All cohesive. Fucking character limits. I'm telling you. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Stay creepy. Bye. Bye.